Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to my 250th podcast. I'm totally excited to announce that this is my 250th podcast. It's not that I didn't think I could get here because I always knew that I could. I'm just surprised at how easily it got here, how quickly and how fluidly and how much fun I've been having to get to this 250th podcast. For today's podcast, I was originally thinking about maybe doing like a clip show and playing some highlights, and then I thought about maybe getting a really good guest and bringing them on and making that a really special episode. Thought about maybe bringing in some regulars and having them appear and we could talk about some fun topic. And then I thought about it for a minute and I decided, you know what? I want to do sort of a hybrid show. And my hybrid show is going to be like in three parts. One, I'm going to talk about me and the history of this podcast and how I got here. Two, I'm going to talk about the development of this podcast. And then third, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite podcasts and some of the more popular ones. Now let me start off with me. I'm a solo guy just doing this. I've got a family, I've got a normal job, but I love talking about Disney World. Now why do I love talking about Disney World? I guess it got in my blood when I was a youngster. It's just one of those things that kind of caught up with me and it just was really exciting and I really enjoyed going to Disney World and I really got caught up in the momentum of it. Yeah, it's changed over the years. There's no question it's different. My brother and I talk about this all the time, that it's a different place than it used to be. But it still has that sort of magic, and maybe it's a nostalgic magic, and maybe it's something else, but I still love it, and I still have a great passion for it. And the thing that I found, once I was a cast member and I saw kind of behind the curtain, it really kind of changed my view on it just a little bit, but in a positive way. It gave me a little more incentive to think about the parks and a little bit more... Uh, detail because it really takes this entire operation of all these people working together to make something really that special. And that's the part that really intrigues me and why I wanted to keep doing this podcast. Plus, obviously, I've got a lot to say. Now, for those of you who have been with me for a while, you know that I used to do another podcast. I actually used to talk about the uh, Miami Dolphins football team, and I really enjoyed doing that. My concern with it, my problem with it, was always the very simple nature of you're in a limited space. You're talking about a 16-week football season, one game a week. There's very specific things you can talk about in there. You can get former athletes and sometimes current ones to come on and talk to you about things. But the things they talk about, while some of them are interesting, and I'm not, I don't want to categorize them all as you know dumb jocks or anything like that because they're not. Some of them are more interesting than others, and their interest level usually stems from something in football. Now, some of them were really great interviews, and some of them I really enjoyed talking to. And some of them were my heroes when I was really into the football schema. And it was great. It was really a fun time to get these guests and talk to them. And just tracking them down sometimes was a lot of fun. I have to say that was, that was probably the most fun part of it. But I started to wander off the beaten path a little bit and talk more about 
the nature of the way the game works, the history of the game a little bit. And it got me to thinking that maybe I really wanted to talk about something that was a little bit more interesting, had a broader appeal. And that's what brought me over to the Disney podcast. And I started doing podcasts in this arena. And I always thought, you know, I don't know how long I can keep doing this because you have that, you have what looks like a limited number of things you can talk about. And every so often I come to a point where I say, you know, I think I've talked about everything I can talk about. And then another 10 ideas come to me. Now those ideas come from all kinds of different sources. I've gotten emails from my listeners. I've had ideas that have sprung into my head. I've read an article a couple of times that have just kind of generated something. And sometimes it's just because I have this natural curiosity. I just want to know something more and I want to be able to express a view about it. And I'll put that on my list. So it's really just about putting that together and coming up with all these different things. Now, one of the crazy things is, while my kids have this great passion for Disney and they really like going with me every chance they can get, my wife, she's not a huge fan. And I'm okay with that. It, it really kind of balances us out in our relationship because I kind of have this passion and I do some things. And it allows me to go a little bit more often than maybe I'd go as a family. Because what I wind up doing is, I live close enough, relatively speaking, I'm in South Florida, so I'm about a three hour drive away. So I can go up on a day trip or sometimes if I'm gonna meet some people or get some information, I might stay overnight. But I can go and get some information and it's not such a burden to be able to go up there for a one day trip. And my wife is really okay with that and sometimes I'll take my kids with me. When I do take them, I usually try to take one at a time because then we can do different things and kind of enjoy it and experience things. And I get some one-on-one -on -one time with my kids at a place that I enjoy and they enjoy too. And it's kind of fun in that sense where I really get to experience it in a different way. So sometimes it's a solo trip, sometimes it's the whole family, sometimes it's one of my kids, sometimes it's a couple of my kids. But it really works out well where I can talk about a lot of different topics and a lot of different things. Now, I haven't had any official meetups and haven't done anything where I've said, hey, let's get together and bring a bunch of people in and we'll talk about Disney and I'll you know, meet up somewhere. I haven't decided to do that yet, but I have it on my list of things that I want to do in the future where I can bring people together and talk about things. Now, that's not to say I haven't caught up with people in the parks. Sometimes when I know I'm going, I'll put a feeler out to a couple of people that I know are in the area or will be traveling and I'll say, hey, can we meet up for a little bit and just chat? And oftentimes the answer is yes, because other people want to do the same thing I'm doing, just enjoy themselves and kind of share stories and experiences and so forth. So it's been kind of fun to be able to do that at times and run into interesting people and talk to interesting people. And sometimes it helps you run down an interview that you might do later. So it's really kind of a neat thing. So it's just me doing this podcast. I produce it, I edit it, I come up with everything myself. So kind of rolling into part two, talking about the podcast itself, the tools that I use, Thing number one is my iPhone. My iPhone is my recording device. Even if I'm at home sitting in front of a microphone, I have my iPhone plugged into the microphone and I'm just talking right into it. And it's actually easier than trying to deal with other tools and trying to get other recording equipment going. Even when I'm doing an interview that's a Skype interview or a phone interview, I will use my iPhone to do the interview. Now, various times I've tried different tools where I do these merged uh, calls and I'll put them together on the phone and I'll record it through the phone. Sometimes I'll actually just use a speakerphone. Sometimes I plug in Skype to it. It really depends on what technology I have available at that point in time, where I am physically, whether I'm at home or somewhere else. And it also depends on some other factors, like uh, what's the latest technology. I had one tool I was using for a period of time to do most of my interviews, and that company went out of business. So I was like, oh, too bad, I have to find another tool. So it's always interesting to decide how to do it, but the primary thing is my iPhone. So I just take it and I set up the recorder and I go. 
Now, when I go into the parks, sometimes I do what I like to think of as a pocket podcast. I'll plug in the standard headset that comes with my iPhone and I'll just clip it to my shirt and I'll just go walking along and talking. And you get some interesting recordings that way. Sometimes there's things that are going on. Now, I try to be really careful if I'm recording someone or a talk with someone. I always get their permission before I use it. Or I will edit that part out if I think that's appropriate if I didn't get their permission. But I'm usually doing it for context. I'm trying to promote the brand and trying to tell you something about it. It's not just sort of these these random things that I'm doing. I'm trying to put together a story and piece something together. And that's what I really try to do. The tools that I use for editing, this is really strange, but I still use GarageBand on my Mac. I've tried other tools. I've had other tools that I put together. I've done other things. And I know GarageBand is not the best tool for doing a podcast. But you know what? It actually works out pretty well. It's pretty easy to use. I've gotten used to it over the years. I had used it previously when it was still a a tool for podcasting. And I still like it. It's not the optimal tool. It's not perfect, but it serves a purpose and lets me edit my podcasts and edit in all these other things. Now, when it comes to these other things... I have a large collection of Disney music, Disney uh, information, a lot of things like that, that I will bring over and edit into the podcast at time. Again, my intent is really to educate, to talk to people, to tell you a story, to kind of give information about something. So I, I like to share those clips sometimes because it helps kind of set the stage for things. Now, when I decide on the podcasts that I'm going to do, now, as I start to come up with podcast ideas... I actually have a running list of all the podcasts I'm planning, and it's got five categories in it. The first category is that sort of that conceptualization phase where I just sort of have a topic. And I might have one or two URLs that'll point me in the right direction, but it's really just a topic. The second phase is where I've got my detail, and I've got some information in there, and I've got some URLs to get me some information, and I'm taking notes and doing some other things. Sometimes I point out to like a Google document or something where I'm writing up a bunch of notes and a bunch of things to go along with it, and I'm kind of keeping things together. The third phase is really where I've got everything together and I'm ready to record. I've got all my notes and everything's just organized. In some cases, it's totally extemporaneous based on some of the things that I'm talking about, and in other cases, it's scripted to a large degree. And you might hear that, like when I'm talking about the Epcot World Showcase pavilions, those are pretty well scripted. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of detail and I don't want to miss anything. I tried putting them together as notes, and when I first recorded it, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. So I went back, and I actually started writing more of a script, and it makes it easier to kind of fill in and make sure that it's got that richness and everything comes together. The fourth phase is when I've got it recorded, and it's ready to go for the most part except for the final editing that goes into it. And then the fifth phase is I've got the podcast together. It's already recorded, edited, and ready to go. Now, I record podcasts at different times. I'm kind of weird that way. I'll record podcasts at 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Sometimes it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's, you know, middle of the day. It depends on what my schedule looks like, what I have in the queue, what I feel like that day. Yeah, there are days when you go, eh, I don't really feel like getting into it. And there are days when I go, oh my God, I've got so many ideas, and I just start going. And I'll start just going with the ideas and going one after another after another. There was a period of time earlier this year when I think I had six podcasts all recorded and edited and ready to go. They were just done. And I was so excited. I'm like, wow, I can actually kind of take a break from this for a little while and just use those and insert them at the right times and make sure that they get out there. 
Then there are periods of time when I'm like, you know, I'm a little out of it. Look, it's just me. Sometimes it gets a little slow. You feel like, oh, I've kind of talked about everything. I'm a little bored with this for a couple of days here. And you let a week or two go by and there's no podcast recorder and you go, oh, I need to get a podcast recorded. And that's when inspiration usually strikes and I go back to my notes and I say, okay, which ones do I have that are kind of far along in the process that I can just pick up and keep going with? Sometimes an idea just comes to me and maybe it comes from an email. Maybe it comes from something I saw or read and it's just like, oh, I need to talk about that topic. And that just leapfrogs everybody else and gets in the process. It just happens that way sometimes. It's just the nature of the beast that when I'm doing these things, they just come up and they kind of come to me and it's like, wow, this is terrific. I need this. I need to run with this idea. And so I do a lot of that. So that's kind of my layout and my structure for these things. Now, as I think about different podcast ideas, sometimes having a guest is the right way to go. Sometimes it's a guest who will talk about something specific, and sometimes it's a guest who can help us kind of fill in some of the blanks because they have a little more knowledge than I do. How do I get those guests? That's kind of a trade secret. It's, it really takes an effort to try to get different people on sometimes. It depends on where you meet them, when you meet them, how you know them, and what you want to talk about. Sometimes guests are so generous with their time and they just really want to talk about whatever topic it is. And sometimes it's like, well, I'll get back to you. Maybe we'll talk later. And you, you know, it takes a little bit of effort to get them there. But it's interesting. It's always interesting. Every guest I've had onto this program has been really kind of fun. And I'll talk about some of them in just a couple of minutes, but it's really been kind of neat to get people on and talk about different things and, you know, get some information. Some people work behind the scenes with me and, you know, give me ideas and give me information to help fill in some blanks. Look, I am a sort of a Disney World expert. I know an awful lot about it, but I admit that I don't know everything. I don't think anybody does. You you can always learn more. There's so much history, so much richness, so many things going on behind the scenes that sometimes I need help. And sometimes I'll find websites that give me information and sometimes I'll talk to other people who fill in some blanks for me. It really depends on every situation being different, but you know, you learn so much and I'm enjoying learning about it too. It, it makes that nostalgia piece for me, the reason I started doing this, even better because I get a little bit more out of it. As I talk to more people and I get more information, it becomes more exciting. It brings it all to life and kind of connects me back to its past and the Imagineers and the uh, people, the great people behind the entire thing that made it come together. How much do I edit my podcast? Well, yeah, that really depends. Some days I am just in a groove and I can go from end to end without missing a beat. I can do the whole thing. This podcast is going pretty well. It's going to need a little bit of editing, I can tell. But sometimes it just, it, I just struggle. And I, you know, like I have a train of thought and I go down a path and it's like, nope, that's not where to go. And I back up and I kind of take it again. And that does happen. And when I do that, I go backward a little bit and I just do a lot more editing. I try not to edit that much. I'd rather just talk from the heart and just say what I want to say. But the one thing I found is, and this is a piece of advice I got early on, that my approach being sort of hyper-caffeinated makes the podcast interesting. So by editing it just a little bit more, it makes it a little bit more hyper-caffeinated and makes it a little more interesting and makes it flow. The one thing I didn't like, I enjoyed listening to a number of Disney podcasts that were out there. And the one thing that bothered me about many of them was they were a little bit long-winded. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I have a short commute to work. When I want to listen to a podcast, I'm listening to it for a short time. So for me, the short attention span works better. If somebody's going to ramble on and get to a point later, it kind of doesn't work for me necessarily. And I'm not just talking about Disney podcasts here. I'm talking about all kinds of podcasts. I have a number of different podcasts on my iPod, on my iPhone, that I listen to through over the course of a couple of weeks. 
And as I rotate through them, some of them are more long-winded than others, and I don't like those as much because it just takes longer to get to the point, and because of the commute, I just don't get as much out of it. So, you know, I'll listen to them at home and finish them off, or when I first get to work, I might finish listening to them or whatever. But it's, you know, that sort of a thing where you, you pick up the pieces and you realize, you know, the short attention span thing works for me. I like it that way. I like getting to the point and hitting on things and, you know, really getting into it. And why waste time with a lot of different things? That's just me. That's how I roll. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope that's why you listen. So it's really kind of fun. And as I pull together all this information, I start to roll it all out. It, it just works for me. And it's, it's kind of a neat thing. You know, and as I look back at all the different people that I've had on my show and all the different topics that I've come up with, some of them, I try to go back and listen to my podcast periodically. I try to just pick a show, a random show out of the queue and just listen to it, just to see how I've evolved and what I like about it and what I didn't like about it and what I would do differently today if I were recording that same podcast. And hopefully you've seen an evolution of my podcast over time where it's getting more effective. It's you know it's still giving the same stories that I was giving before, but just maybe is a little bit tighter in the way it comes together. So moving from kind of topic two to topic three, I was thinking about doing a clip show originally, and the clip show didn't really work. I'd rather you go out and listen to the podcast. Again, I, I want to talk about some of the podcasts that I've done and some of the things that I really like doing. I've been asked a couple of times, who is my favorite person to interview on this podcast? You know, and that's a really tough question to answer. There have been some really interesting people I've had come on. I try to stay off the beaten path a little bit and pick people who are a little bit different. It, you know, don't really fit the typical Disney Imagineer type of mold. That's not to say I wouldn't welcome a Disney Imagineer or some other person who's you know works on the shows or productions or anything to come on the show. I would really enjoy that too. But I try to pick people who are a little bit off the beaten path and perhaps have a different perspective. And I have to say that the first interview I did when I talked to uh, Hoot Gibson at uh, Mesa Verde Times, that was one of the most fascinating interviews I did. Now, I was moving off of the, the Dolphin podcast and moving to the Disney podcast. And I had gone to his site and read all about him, hopping him and his friend Chief hopping off the ride and going through uh, Horizons and learning as much as they could about Horizons and doing all these videos. And I was fascinated. Horizons was my favorite ride at Disney. Always was. And I just loved it. There was something about the storytelling there that just really captured me. And it was really great. And so I, uh, I found him through the website and I reached out to him and I asked uh, Hoot to come on the show. And he was really pretty cool. And a uh, nice guy, you know, about my age. It seems as though our paths probably crossed along the way based on the work we were doing, our true love of Horizons, the fact that we were both around Disney at around the same time. You know, all of those things kind of fit together. But I don't recall ever meeting him. I, you know, I might have along the way. I don't know. Or Chief, for that matter. You know, I've seen pictures of both. And I go, yeah, I, th I think I may have seen him some at some point. But I don't remember, honestly. But it was interesting because we had that shared experience, right? Because we were there at the same time. We had that same love of the same attractions and some of the things that were going on. And it was really kind of interesting to talk to him about it. And the thing that caught my attention was it was he and another guy who were trying to document something that was being taken away. And whether they were right or wrong in their approach by jumping off the ride and doing it, I I'm not going to weigh in on that one. You know, I, I think you can guess where I, where I come down on that one based on the fact that, you know, I'm a Disney lover and I respect the rules. So, you know, you could make the case that they were really wrong in what they did. But what they did was so fascinating and it really was worth telling the story. So the story was really interesting to hear from him. So if you go back to uh, podcast number six, Mesa Verde Times, that was one of the greatest interviews I did only because Hoot was such an interesting person. And I wound up talking to him a bunch of times before and after the podcast. 
uh, because we were trying to set it up and talk about different dates and we were trying to get Chief on as well. It was interesting to kind of talk to him and learn a little bit more about who he was and, you know, just kind of get that perspective on life, you know, different, different person's worldview. And it was just kind of neat because I got to know him a little bit differently. Another one that I really liked was um, Shelby. She uh, run, runs, or I guess ran, My Year with the Mouse. And uh, that, you can find that one in show number 68. And uh, Shelby was really interesting. So how did I find Shelby? I found Shelby because I was listening to the uh, NPR show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's a kind of a funny, like, uh, one-off game show sort of thing where, where they talk about current events. And if you've never listened to it, it's pretty good. And Shelby happened to call into it one day. That's one of the things that appears on my iPhone regularly in my iTunes account. So I was listening to it one day, and I heard, heard this lady come on named Shelby, and she was talking about what she does. She lives across the street from Disneyland, and she runs My Year with the Mouse. And I listened to her, and she was intelligent, and she had something interesting to say. So I reached out to Shelby. I found her site. And I introduced myself and I said, hey, you know, I'm really interested in what you're doing. And we got to talking a little bit. She's a really interesting person. And I brought her on the show and she was a really good interview. And it was just a lot of fun. It was some of those, one of those one-off sort of random things where you run into somebody and it was just kind of, kind of fun. And um, she was a really interesting person to talk to. And I really enjoyed talking to her. And we shared some other common experiences. Again, it's that sort of that beyond Disney, we had some common experiences that made it kind of interesting and compelling. Another guy I've enjoyed having on the show a couple of times is Sam Genoway. Sam has written a couple of books about Disney, and in particular Disneyland, but he's an interesting guy and he's got a lot to say about Disney, and he was a lot of fun to have on the show, and I've enjoyed talking with him about on the podcasts and doing different things and learning more about his perspective on the world. And again, another really interesting guy to talk to. And you can hear him in a couple of podcasts along the way. The uh, Disneyland story, for one, is uh, one of the great ones that he did with me where we talked about uh, his book. And it was really kind of interesting, and I really enjoyed talking to him. And then the uh, last one I'll, I'll mention to you is Christy Peterson Schoonover. She's got an interest in, let's say, the macabre. And it's really kind of interesting. She had this perspective on things, talking about the Haunted Mansion in particular and other creepy things. And so for a couple of years in a row, I had her on around Halloween time to talk about some of her interest in the Haunted Mansion stories. And you can hear the best one was uh, episode 114, where we talked about the Haunted Mansion stories. And that was really kind of fun. It was a really interesting story, and she had a lot of compelling things to say, and I, I really enjoyed having her on. Now, I don't want to sell anyone else short. I've had some other great guests. Like I said, I haven't. You know, everybody's been great. We've had a good time. I've enjoyed doing this with other people. I just wanted to highlight a couple of them for you to give you a sense of sort of that richness of the experience, the things that I like to talk about, where I find this connection with people outside of Disney where I actually find something to talk about where we're, we have a commonality, a common interest that extends beyond Disney. And it makes the relationship that much better. You know, I'm never afraid to ask someone to, to come on my show and talk. That's just the way I am. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's kind of interesting. There are times when um, people have come to me and they said, hey, I loved your show on so-and-so, and, you know, you hit it spot on. And then you realize that that person is somebody who has more knowledge, right, who maybe was behind that so-and-so. And it's really kind of interesting to get that get those people that contact you because out of the blue, I get some, some feedback once in a while that I'm doing something that people enjoy. And I like that. I enjoy that so much. So there you go. So that's sort of some of the interviews that I've, I've really enjoyed doing. You know, of course, uh, talking, it's hard to pick a favorite episode or anything that, uh, that I really loved. In that sense, I've really enjoyed pretty much all of them. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes when I get into the richness of a history of something, something that was meaningful to me, the Horizon story, the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea story, those types of things, those are the ones that really capture my imagination because they really 
I try to fill in every blank and try to understand everything that happened there that got us to wherever we are. And that's the fun part for me is kind of filling that in. So one of the things I like to do along the way is I keep track of how my podcasts are doing. I use um, FeedBurner to keep track of all of my podcasts and see kind of trend-wise how I'm doing. I also use my uh, show notes page because it has a uh, hit tracker on there as well. And you'll see over on the right side at DisneyWorldPodcast.net that there's a, um, a listing of the top episodes. It doesn't tell the whole story because the feed burner information is not included in there. That's just from that from the show notes page. So it's close and it gives you a sense of it. But uh, it's kind of interesting because as I look at the podcasts, I always like to see which ones are doing well, which ones get the biggest hits, which ones have the most interest. The really intriguing thing to me is over time, these podcasts grow and grow and grow. So for the first week they're out there, I might get a thousand listens in that first week. Then it grows to 2,000, then 5,000, then whatever. And you know, it just keeps growing. And over time, the oldest ones are always the ones that turn out to be the most popular. So it's kind of interesting to me that none of them really overtake it, uh, those, those really the older ones. So what I wanted to do was kind of end up with talking about the top 25 podcasts that I put out there in, in terms of the number of listens and number of downloads that people have had. So from 25, 24, and 23, we have my three-part series on camping at Walt Disney World. I took my boys up and we went camping and we had a good time camping at Walt Disney World and I told a story. And uh, people seemed to really like that. And I'm glad because that was a lot of fun to do. We went up there and we told a fun story about being up there and doing something. Next one back on the list is number 22, Pleasure Island, where I went in and I talked all about the history of Pleasure Island, what was there at the time that it was open, and told some stories about me being there at Pleasure Island. I spent a lot of time there over the years and just had a really good time kind of enjoying myself at Pleasure Island. Number 21 on the list is the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, A Trip into History. That was the first in the series of the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea stories that I told. And this one was the one that told the detail of the original story by Jules Verne and how Disney came to acquire it and what Disney did with it and kind of how it grew into the idea for an attraction. Show number 16 would be at, at the number 20 spot, and that's where I talked with somebody about his Wait Times app. He had come up with an idea for creating an app on the iPhone that was called Wait Times. And it was before Disney had created the Fast Pass and before they had started giving the Wait Times through their app. And it was really kind of interesting because he had some interesting ideas on what he thought the next gen technology was going to be. And pretty much he was right. So kind of interesting to see what his perspective was on it. Uh, next up is a news segment I did for in 2010. You know, interesting how a 2010 news segment wound up being up there. And then... Uh, Coming in at number 18 would be the uh, Camping at Walt Disney World, the other piece in that series. There was a, actually a four-part series, so the three of them were further down the list. The other one came up here at number 18. Number 17, this one surprised me a lot. I went into the Hall of Presidents one day when I was there, and uh, it was back in, you know, a couple of years ago, actually. This would have been in maybe 2011. I was up at the parks, and one day I was just walking by the Hall of Presidents. I go, you know, I haven't been here since Barack Obama took office. I want to see what the show looks like now. And I turned on my recorder, and I caught the whole show. And uh, I put it out there. And um, I called it the audio from the Hall of Presidents. It's show number 74. And that one has done phenomenally well. It's just amazing to me how that one did so well, you know, kind of on its own there. Kind of, kind of interesting, right? Um, the uh, show number 16... I'll pair with the uh, show number 12 and show number 11, which, um, which are the ones about my cast member experience. And that's uh, podcast numbers 11, 12, and 13 in the, in the sequence, if you go look for them. 
I talk about my experience being a cast member, how I became a cast member, what got me there, and so forth. It was kind of fun, and uh, that was one of the more interesting ones because I tell a lot of stories about being the cast member. Uh, coming in at number 15 is what is Epcot. I talk about the Epcot story and sort of the general nature of it. Someone who listened to it gave me some feedback. He goes, you know, you didn't cover any new ground, but you did a nice job of kind of covering it and talking about the general nature of it and putting, you know, putting it out there in a nice format that's easy to follow. And I went, hey, that's kind of cool. Okay, nice feedback. Thank you. Next up, my 14th most popular podcast. That was about the SAC Comedy Lab. And uh, that's show number 15. That one. I had a lot of fun with. I talked about Wayne Brady. I talked about the uh, World Showcase performers. I talked about C. McNair Wilson and uh, really got some interesting perspective on how the entirety of the SAC Comedy Lab moved over into Disney and had this close connection with it and how McNair became a cast member and became an Imagineer for Disney and worked on several other things along the way. Really kind of an interesting story. And I got some feedback from people at the SAC Comedy Lab who said, hey, this is a pretty good story and pretty all true. Nice job. And I'm like, yay, all right, good deal. Coming in at number 10 and 13, now remember that 11, number 11 and 12 were actually my cast member experience, but so 10 and 13 were podcast number eight and nine, where I took my, uh, my recorder with me into uh, the Magic Kingdom and just walked around and uh, got a day in the Magic Kingdom, I called it. And I just walked around the Magic Kingdom and did all kinds of things. So you kind of came with me on the Magic, into the Magic Kingdom and just had some fun with it. Uh, kind of fun. And that was really early in my podcast. So that would have been 2010. A lot has changed since then. So kind of interesting to hear that, you know, listen to it now uh, because things are different. Coming in at number nine is podcast number 58, Tapestry of Nations. One of my favorite parades and shows or shows at uh, Walt Disney World. And that, uh, that was the Tapestry of Nations. It was interesting to tell the story and uh, talk about what the Tapestry of Nations was all about and uh, play the music. I, I can always hear the music in my head. It just it has such a richness to it. It was such a wonderful show. Coming in at number eight is podcast number seven, Dave's Disney News. For April 4th, 2010, again, another news show from 2010 came in as something that people really like listening to. Wow, interesting. You know, makes me kind of think about what I'm doing. Um, coming in at number seven was the Haunted Mansion Stories with Christy that I talked about earlier. At uh, number six was my first podcast. Now, my first podcast, not the greatest experience, not the greatest one I did. I hadn't found my voice for Disney yet, but I tried to put together a story about Disney and talk about why I love Disney and what it was all about. So I hope you listen to that one and enjoy it and take it in the spirit in which it's intended. So then we go into podcasts two, three, four, and five are all related to Horizons. So in order, it's my episode numbers. Uh, so going backward in order, so starting with the the, um, the furthest one from the top of the list, we podcast number three, which was the overview of Horizons. Number five, the Horizons Ride Through Part Two, and then the Horizons Ride Through Part One, and then my second best, most listened to podcast was the Mesa Verde Times with Hoot. And I'm telling you, it was really interesting. If you haven't listened to that one, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. It's just an interesting story. He's got something interesting to say. And then finally, at the top of my list is my show number two. I'm going to Disney World. I talk about the catchphrase, how it became something, and how we drove into having something that everybody remembers. I'm going to Disney World, and people still say it. And it's a remarkable thing because it came from a dinner conversation with uh, Mike Eisner's wife. It just, you know, it, it's just an amazing thing how that came to be. And it's a, it's a good story, and I, I really like telling that one. That was one of the ones that's been in my head for a long time, and I was glad to share that story, and I'm glad people like it because that was, 
that's one of those stories that I just really enjoy, you know, how that came to be. And I had never heard anybody talk about that story before, which kind of amazed me. So I was glad to be able to share that with people and, you know, let you know what's going on. So there you go. That is my group of podcasts, how I do my podcast, what my podcast is all about, and what I love about it, and then the ranking of all the podcasts that are there. I kind of took you behind the scenes of Muppet Labs to show you how we're making Muppet Vision 3D. No, wait, that's not right. Uh, I took you through to kind of explain to you what I go through and the process I go through, sort of my creative process, the things that I do, and you know how I get people and how I get the ideas. It's just, it's a really crazy thing that I come up with. And I always welcome suggestions from my listeners. If you guys have anything you'd like to hear, or maybe something you'd like to see, or maybe some other format or some other thing that maybe you think might work for me, I'm happy to listen. You know, I'm always trying to come up with new ideas. Every time I go to the parks, I go, you know what I should try next time is, and I'll try something else. And sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. I've tried a couple of video podcasts, haven't found any, haven't done one yet that I really loved. So I haven't shared any of those. Instead, I just share like my own little quick videos that I make while I'm there. I don't always show me in the videos because you don't necessarily need to see me. You know, I want this to be sort of a portable podcast that you can take with you and listen to somewhere. You don't have to sit there and watch me in that sense. But I might consider doing some video podcasts in the future. I might also consider, as I said, doing a meetup of some kind at some point. So we'll see if I can work that out at at some point. Um, Like I said, I'm welcome to... uh, I welcome feedback from people. If you want to suggest anything or maybe tell me what you think, please do. Uh, you know, I'm always willing to listen. I'm trying to grow this into something interesting and, you know, make it compelling. So one of the reasons I got into it in the first place was to promote my own apps. Uh, I create a number of apps. I had many apps out there at one point. Now it's down to basically three or four really good Disney apps. And I'm trying to improve on them and make them better. And I, I'm not doing it to make money. That's not the purpose here. I wanted to promote my apps so I could get them out there. I think it's a really good thing to be able to do. And the podcast was a vehicle to get me there, but the podcast kind of took over, right? It, it became something so much more to be able to tell the story. And then the, the apps are really a nice thing to kind of support that story in some way, you know, where I'm doing something that I'm, I'm trying to help you to be able to enjoy the experience in different ways, right? I see a need and I'm like, oh, I'd be able to create an app for that. Sure. Sounds good. You know, and necessity is the mother of invention. So when I created the pin trading app, it's because my kids have a number of pins and how do they know which ones they have when we go to the parks? There you go. When I created the Penny Press app, I was standing there in the parks one day and I was standing over at Guest Relations and someone said, hey, do you have a copy of the listing of where the pennies are? And I went, there's a hard copy listing? I just thought it was sort of random where they were. Now there's a website you can go to, but how do you keep track of the ones that you have? Well, that's what the app is for. And then I also, I enjoy looking for hidden Mickeys. It's one of those things that captured me when I was living in Orlando and I was a cast member for a while. I used to try to find hidden Mickeys everywhere. And in doing that, I realized I should create a little app that helped me keep track of the ones that I find. I know there are other people that do hidden Mickeys and do it probably better than I do. Mine is sort of a community thing. It's supposed to be sort of fun to be able to find them and look for them. I'm not trying to tell you where they all are. I'm just telling you where the ones I know are, and you can tell me where the ones you find. You know, I'm trying to make it a little bit more social in that spe- in that sense. And I know it needs a little bit of work, but you get the idea, right? That's what I'm trying to do. So there you go. That is my podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope I give you a sense of what I do and why I do it for my 250th show. And remember, if we can dream it, we can always do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, 
I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 